0: No one's gonna say anything and it's gonna be an awkward start.
1: Yes. No. <laughs> it would be very funny if it was just an awkward do it. What a great podcast episode. They shut up for five minutes. It was a miracle.
0: <laughs> Some people may have be been like, Is it is it broken? Is it, is it is, it, is it... <laughs> Rewind, rewind, is my volume up? Is my volume up? <laughs> we tricked you.
1: We got you. <laughs> What
0: a great start. Go, go, on, go on, John. You you can read out the points because we're going in, in line today.
1: Well, we're going to go in line today. Oh, good. Look at you. Yeah, in in we're order. Going right way. We're going the right way.
0: The linear Side way. way. Linear. Oh. oh, linear. Br- bringing mm. in controversy already. Fancy. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> linear. Jargon. What
1: are we talking about jargon today? Danny has just shown me a delightful paper. And to be fair, it's, it's pretty much what we deal with all the time whenever we read papers. Let's just add as many complicated words as possible that very few people understand until they've read lots of them and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, when, when it comes to papers, most of the time when I'm reading a paper, I understand what's going on because I'm familiar with the research field, as as you sort of alluded to there. Hmm. When when you're new to a field and you start reading it, you're like, "Um, what does that word mean? What does that word mean? What does that term mean? I don't understand what you're doing with that. And it's a bit of a Google define. <laughs> and I feel like every beginning student at university goes through that. I need to Google define every word in this abstract phrase. Yeah, uh, <laughs> And it's probably the same for most people when they first go into it, in, into academic literature, which is why there is such a big gap between practitioners, i.e. people that do the thing. And the act- academics that are talking about the theory, because the, the the theory is written in so much jargon. But yes. when you're, but when you're in that sort of, I get what the theorists are talking about, but I'm still putting it to practice here and there. I understand most of it, and then you come across a paper like, like we have spoken about, and and it's just like, how do you like my my question to the author is is this how you speak? <laughs> like, that that's my question. Like, is the, are these the words you would use when you speak? If not, why in the world are you communicating like this?
1: I, maybe, and, and there is a, maybe there is an expectation that... <clears throat> is there a word count? They have to fit a, a certain amount of words in a paper for it to be published?
0: There there can be word counts on papers, but it just changes what sort of paper you publish um, and the journal you publish to... So mm. yeah, there can be a word count, but I mean I've the the way I see it is a lot of the words and terms they use jargon. It's supposed to simplify the paragraph. i.e, I'm going to use this word to encompass this entire concept or topic. But from my experience, what ends up what ends up happening is they use the jargon, which complicates the paragraph, which requires more explanation in the next paragraph. Whereas you could simplify, using one of your terms, lovely terms, you could simplify the original paragraph by not using jargon and using what I would class as plain language, and then you wouldn't need the extra explanation because people can already make connections and grasp what it is that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And I think this is (laughs) something that I notice as someone who's in, in between, like the hyper nerdy productivity systems theory dynamical theory all the stuff that we talk about <clears throat> on here and then <clears throat> i have the business side where we have incredibly smart people who just don't know how to this is a whole different world for them to be in they know what they know and that's about it and unless other people are talking about it in s- simple plain language which often runs a risk of oversimplification then there is this there's this gap that occurs and for most people Google defining an entire <laughs> paper takes an awful lot of time and there is no motivation or want to do so because for them they already know what they know and so they're just gonna keep going with what they know even if it's not gonna help them.
0: Meta ignorance right there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so something that you brought up that that made me, I, I guess, curious is that obviously it takes a lot of time and effort to, I, w- I would probably, I, I think the word is accurate, decode a paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think that's accurate for a lot of papers. If the papers were decoded in forms like blogs and videos and and other content, uh, that and the the person that's decoding the information isn't oversimplifying the information, so it's still fairly complex because it's a paper, but it's in words and terms that people can grasp, do you think more people would be more likely to go there, or is is there still going to be a barrier of too much effort, et cetera, et cetera?
1: I think if there is, and something that I'm trying to do in the specific little piece of research that I focus on... (laughs) specific no um in the bit that i care about most of all that is what i'm trying to do to make things easier i don't know i'm a nerd i don't mind diving deep into stuff um i know a couple of others who probably would look at papers but i think having the summaries or the videos or a hook of some kind to get people interested and blog posts where it is a simple simple you know it's it's clear it makes sense and people understand what's happening i think that would make it easier but i have a suspicion that it's always going to be some barrier for some people
0: oh certainly yeah you're never going to reduce all of the barriers because not everyone wants to learn (laughs) No, and, and not everyone needs to either it's not like a oh you should learn it's just you don't need to That that's one of the characteristics of experts in their field yeah. is they know what they don't need to know yeah or they they think they know what they don't need to know and we're not going to go into that um yeah so with with the jargon right there is you, you mentioned oversimplifying jargon i think with the oversimplification is where a lot of the communication of the science on social media and in the public happens. And it's actually one of the things I'm looking to not necessarily challenge, but continue the conversation on with my reaction videos is that some people have got an interpretation of the information, they share it, but there is an oversimplification somewhere or there is a misinterpretation somewhere due to a rational error or some sort of issue that they have come across through their own interpretation and understanding of science. And I think the the conversation then needs to continue. For me, the oversimplification only happens if the person isn't curious enough or due diligent enough to pay attention to what it is that they're talking about. What What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> and I also think there is something around the medium you deliver it in as well. I think, like, depending on whether it's a video or a blog post or if we're turning concepts into content, which is kind of what ha- what is happening here, there is innate simplification that just happens because you have so little time. You have to fit it within the, well, the belief, if you want to, if your aim is that way, but you don't want to just provide education like for yourself you're more interested in sharing the facts not quite what i mean but like you're more interested in sharing
0: scientific the, reasoning
1: yeah the scientific reasoning and the context around it most content and by content i mean blog posts youtube videos etc etc is more directional in focus and there is a different want they're doing it to <clears throat> in many ways teach something educate someone on a new concept but trying to make it easy to digest so people will watch the entire video and they will get the money frankly which is completely fine doesn't have a problem and i think that is where there is always there's always going to be oversimplification. But why you do it depends on the environment you're producing it in and what you're, and what things are there and what you actually want from it.
0: I agree. The way I would express that is a little bit different. I would probably say more along the lines, okay, le- less medium more audience focus because i think mm. it doesn't matter the medium you communicate in i think it's what like you say the goal the end goal the target the the audience essentially because it's content the audience you're focused or directing the content at but i still so the the reaction video that's on my channel is about asap science and the asap science video had three or four drastic oversimplifications of some of the stats and studies which they didn't reference one of my um irritations with the content online uh, but they 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 spoke about these things <laughs> didn't reference anything uh, and I tried to evidence my work now ASap science is quick I critiqued all of the video the entire video in like a minute more but I had 12 14 references something like that something like that and the other simplifications weren't uh, difficult to rectify it could have just been... A couple of sentences or even a sentence or maybe taking out some of the conclusions that they made uh, it's just a i the way i see it is a they they have explained something using what i would term as a rational error from meta ignorance which is where they have a rule they have a a, a logic in their head like a and then b then c then d but c doesn't actually go after b and before d it's it's actually after d and but they don't know that they they don't know that um and Yes, you can avoid that by just the way I see it is by looking at the science. And for, for people that are talking about science, that that's why I'm picking on ASAP science because they are talking about science and they they try and encourage science research and research. And I'm like, but you've missed the science in four different places, or five major different places in a almost eight-minute video. So the way I the way I see the video is okay, you you've read the jargon but you haven't really grasped what the jargon is, and then you've gone to explain it. Is is that a bad thing? No, I think it's the framing of the video. I think if they framed the video, we are learning about this thing, this is where I'm at. I'm fine with that, cool. And then I can add to the conversation. But they framed the video in saying, it's a lie, is on the thumbnail, and hard work is a scam. And I think that is where
1: the shift in like the audience Mm -hmm. because if you had we are learning about met i don't think people would click people wouldn't
0: click they just wouldn't and that's where i think i agree however the marketing and packaging of the video is how you get the click and they got my click great and i would and i watched the video but once you've got the click you've now done the job. The next job is to then educate. That's the whole point of the video, but they're not educating, they're still marketing. And they're they're still marketing the idea of the thumbnail, which to me is ingenuous to the science. (laughs) And and that's where the jargon I think has clouded potentially uh, their understanding of the science, which has led to oversimplifications. And they conclude something that makes literally no sense. And when you read the comment section, 50-60% the 60 percent of the comments that I read were like, "You've misunderstood the books that David Epstein talks about," which are the only two references they put in there. Uh, and then twenty other percent is like, "What?" I thought hard work does matter, and they were confused. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see how the oversimplification helped that video to me.
1: No, no, I agree. What I, what a suspicion that I have is they've gone for the title and the thumbnail first and that's kind of influenced the entire video that that's my suspicion is that they've gone for the title and the thumbnail because it's catchy it grabs people's attention and then they've gone to find research that supports their own bias
0: well the the video is sponsored by Netflix and this is me speculating here Netflix reached out to them and said hey can you push our new film they said yes yeah, sure We need to do a video about it. We're science. Let's find some science about it. And then they did some very surface level research on what hard work means and then published a video about it. So I think the focus of the video in their head wasn't the science. It was the we want to publish this Netflix video so we can get money from the advertisement. That's my guess. I know that's kind of cynical, but that's how it comes across to me because of the lack of due diligence in the science. When you compare that video to some of the other videos they've done, which I totally understand it as a business owner, as a professional, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but as a scientist, it, it sort of irks me a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then moving moving away from the ASAP Science video and towards just jargon in general, uh, there are other terms. If we go into the productivity note taking space, there are other terms and jargony words that you sit there and go, "Why?" I had a conversation in my comment section of a video i don't know what video it is i respond to all of my comments um so i have no idea but it was about an moc and the the person was talking about an moc and i asked them what they meant by an moc and for those unfamiliar it's a generalized term but it's been popularized by nick milo (laughs) as a map of content but it is a generalized term for a list (laughs) it's literally a list it's it's a list of notes is an index, is a table of contents, it's a it's a list. And the term NOC or map of content is jargon. Yeah. And to me, it overcomplicates what a list is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then if we move into the business world, we have our favorite KPIs. <laughs> yeah. Datas. SOPs. I have a client at the moment and what they decided to do. They, yeah, they have SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. These are the things that we do all of the time. And they call them playbooks. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. It's how they do things and it's easy to understand.
0: They are instructions. That, that's how I explain it. Like, what what's an SOP? List of instructions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why do I yeah. need an SOP then? Why not just say list of instructions? standing operating procedure list of instructions still three words <laughs> one of them makes total sense the other one doesn't... LOIs yeah there you go a lawyer L- lawyer
1: welcome to the how to create LOIs
0: <laughs> it doesn't doesn't quite uh give you the same <laughs> vibe <laughs>
1: super super good and And,
0: and, i
1: mean i'm still talking that was the productivity space but you have it everywhere you've got you know self-liquidating offers and like there are so many jargony terms that are used in the business world that people don't actually understand and doesn't matter i mean it's just it's complicated for the sake of being complicated so you sound a little bit smart and then i got brain i do
0: yeah exactly
1: (laughs) when really if you can just explain it simply and to be fair to my own you know i talk in more complicated language than the vast majority of my audience because i'm a nerd but one of the things that i am aware of and i'm working on is to bringing it down to a simple form but not to the smallest, like, to the simplest simplest, because I'd be saying nothing different to every other productivity person. Well, I don't know. I think I would, actually. I don't don't think I could actually go back to that pure...
0: I think the difference, though, is even though you're simplifying it, because you have the vocabulary to explain the terms in more complex um, ways, when you do simplify it, you're not as inaccurate with your explanation. One of the examples actually that's coming up in a reaction video is Amy Landino was talking about fleeting notes as the rule for note taking. As you can tell by my tone, I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, she, uh, yeah, I'm. you can watch a reaction video when it comes out if you're interested. But she used the term anchoring, anchoring to memory. That's what a fleeting note does. And I'm like, it's not an anchor because an anchor sits and doesn't change. That's the point. It it sits there, but if the note changes over time because you've learned more information, it's not an anchor, it's a trigger. And yeah, we can argue semantics of words and terms, but using anchor and trigger mean different things. An anchor doesn't change. An anchor won't get lost, won't get forgotten. It's just there. Whereas a trigger can change, can evolve, and this is where linear, nonlinear elements of learning get involved. And this is where I think either her oversimplification in the explanation deliberately so potentially as a way to simplify words or her unknowing, her meta ignorance of how this thing understanding actually works. So she's used terms that in my mind don't accurately portray what it is that she's trying to explain. I think she's got the words. I just don't think she's made the connections to have the understanding to use those words, not jargon because trigger is as much, jar- as much jargon as anchor, But yeah. it's, it's using the simplified terms in a more accurate way to portray what the complex jargon means. That is probably the root of my irritation is that there are simple words, simple terms that could be used instead of the ones that are used, but they're not used because of either lack of understanding from the creator or lack of care from the creator. I know that sounds harsh, but I think some people don't care enough about their explanations because it's about their head explaining the thing rather than how the person on the other end is receiving the thing. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I think that's promoted as what to do with content. There is a, I'm finding the content space more and more frustrating because it's very, there are people who create content based on explaining and helping and supporting, but there are these cookie cutter nonsense shit, which I'm always going to get annoyed with cookie content, cookie that, yeah, cookie cut, cutter stuff, because it just bugs me. Cookie but people are just content. repeating the same. Thank you. I can't say cookie cutter content, cookie cut yeah, oh, yeah. No.
0: You got it first time.
1: <laughs> Good first time. But yeah. The issue with the cookie cutter content, yay! Um, is how shit it is. Put it lightly. I can't. I can't, you know, it it's just it doesn't help anyone. And I get that producing and making stuff a lot is helpful and it's great and it's whatever. But there is enough noise on the internet. There is enough noise on the internet and a decision that i have made is to produce stuff not for the sake of producing stuff Mm -hmm. because by doing that i'm adding noise to the internet which isn't helpful when i when i post something on my twitter when i create something there is it it actually has a point versus just filling like ticking boxes of a uh, this thing, quote. That thing yeah like a daily quote or you know productivity is blah 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 the the catch-all bollock statements which drive me insane and i'll still use them i will say that i'll use them but they are intentionally used when i have something to say because they do work annoyingly, as much as I would like them not to work, but they do. But it's intentionality that bugs me.
0: Are you familiar with, so Francesco on Key Productive recently did a video around the meme. Have you seen the meme on Twitter?
1: I've seen the meme. I've already replied on the meme on Twitter. And I was very happy because I was able to retweet and talk about it.
0: i i I thought i thought you retweeted i couldn't remember i i looked at so many people that were talking about the main i think it
1: was i think it was um ben on twitter benjamin i cannot cannot pronounce his last name
0: i don't know i i first saw it from thomas frank
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think thomas frank replied to ben and i was i joined in because the whole entire point of that note one it is I hate the stupid meme. It's derogatory. It is is literally just telling everyone why they're wrong. And I am so... We have that enough in the productivity, note-taking, PKM space, and business as well. Like, we have that enough, and I wish people would just fucking stop it. <laughs> You're trying to create conflict for the sake of content. And it's fucking annoying. We're gonna have to put explicit on this one. Because... <laughs> Because it what, doesn't serve anyone.
0: What, what I find interesting, when Francesco spoke about it, he gave lots of context. And Francesco found, uh, through his Twitter search, not mine, someone that responded and kind of said that. It was like, oh, there's loads of toxic marketing of apps. Uh, and my initial response, you can see the comment on the channel if you're interested in reading my response. Uh, but my initial response is, well, the only reason it's a toxic marketing of the app is because you are likely, as in the person tweeting, is likely to be in a space where they are confused, they don't understand, and you are ser- you're searching and finding all of these different apps. If you're not looking for all of the apps, you won't find all of the apps. If you're not in that space, you won't find it, which is why the videos are out there. Uh, so the way I see it is the people that are taking the mic or laughing or joking or doing anything, it's because the environment they are in is too complicated for them. They they have they don't have an organization or s- a system or something that is organized enough for them to figure out what's going on, which they're means... They're not
1: self-organized.
0: Yeah, which means they're like, oh, yeah, it's too complicated. Why do we need all this rubbish, blah, blah, blah? I'm like, we don't need all this rubbish. It's just... And it's not the rubbish. Envir- <laughs> It's the environment. It's the world. It's what we live in. It's you're just being exposed to what is out there. If you don't want to be exposed to what else there, don't look, constrain yourself. Yeah. Don't look online for it. Yeah. And, and what irritates me the most is, okay, you found your app, you found your tool. Great. You're in your bubble. You've constrained yourself. And when people go out, they're like, oh no, it's too complicated. Oh no, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And the environment gets complex. Thinking about systems theory it's complex because there's so much stuff out there. well, constrain it then like when people start with obsidian there's too many features constrain it and don't use them all I, to me it's it's obvious because i've, I've done the research and i understand it to a fairly deep degree but i i can speak to my sister who has no no understanding of educational science she's heard me rant about it but that's it and when i say when you start a new app what do you do i push all the buttons and then i just use it for what i want it for Like she uses obsidian but I wouldn't even say she uses Obsidian. She, she uses it as literally a Word document. She, that That's all she uses it for. Same as Zotero. She, she uses Zotero to pick up paper and highlight stuff. That's it. She doesn't export. She doesn't do anything else. It's just I'm using the tool for one thing because she's constrained the environment. So the meme of everyone going all over the place is because so many people are confused because there's so much stuff in the environment they haven't constrained whatever it is they're looking at. Yeah, yeah,
1: anyway. And, and and I think my want is to help make it easier to constrain. And I think that is the issue. Everyone's shouting about the apps. Everyone shouting, the, why can't you just use that? Okay, go, go use it. And the issue is the reason why they don't use that. My, I suppose, thesis and my thought is because they don't know how they work. And they are too... Either there is confidence issues, or there is something that is blocking them from trusting themselves. I made a fancy pantsy, stupid, annoying tweet. It wasn't stupid annoying; it was true, but still, it's a one of those meme tweets of like, if you don't Self-deprivation trust yourself, deprivation humor. Yeah, if you don't trust your system, <laughs> if you don't trust yourself, you can't trust your system. And I really do believe that's true. You have to be able to trust you first before you can create something that fits you and that is self organization in a very simplistic form if you trust yourself you'll trust you'll create systems that fit you for example a really lovely delicious example that i have just for me i am still struggling to get tasks into notion and my brain is blocking me from getting tasks into notion however i like every other feature of notion i could not go to a simplistic list Form for all of the work that i do because it is complicated and i need flexibility that is what i know that about myself i'll get bored but i wish i could just get tasks directly into notion without having to think about it right now i have to think about it you want to go in there type this and open it up and do all the it's annoying i can use templates yes but that's one extra click that i just don't want to do <laughs> now with the side peak it's got easier and so I made a decision just to create an Apple shortcut. I'm on Apple all the time. And I use the API to make my life easier so that getting things in, because that's where the block was, is easier. And then I find stuff in the lovely, delicious views that I've set up. And that is, that is the thing. I knew about that before. I knew that it existed i knew i could use shortcuts and the api and i knew i could use everything else and blah, blah 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 but i i wasn't ready it was out there in the environment and i was not well is it out there in the environment
0: so the way i would see it is you have awareness of an issue and yep. you have awareness of other systems that you're familiar with. So you've you've organized in your head at some point, the Apple ecosystem, the Notion API stuff, but they are separate systems. Mm. What you've done is you've made connections between those systems because mm-hmm. you're aware of them. If you weren't aware of them, then they'd just be in the environment. And that's when you'd need to go to a tutorial and be like, hey, how do I solve my problem? Oh, I need to know about Apple. Oh, I need to know about the API. Those things are in the environment. Let's bring them into my system, organize those things and then solve the problem. And like, like you say, I think it's awareness. Yeah. People's and if you lack don't awareness. have awareness.
1: Uh, yeah. And that is often the number one reason why whenever I speak to people, they're just not aware. And then they don't know what they don't know. Unknown unknowns, matter ignorance. And, it, and and that's why people like coaches and consultants and simplicity specialists, <laughs> only me, um, exist, because they help bring that and add those constraints in. And that is exactly what coaching really is. It's well, one form of coaching anyway. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's interesting.
0: Like... I was going to say, I think it's, it's bringing your attention to specific parts of your environment that the coach themselves has organized. So it allows for affordances that you couldn't create yourself without a lot of effort. And that's where the the jargon comes in because you haven't organized the jargon and the coach has organized the jargon. It's much simpler for them to explain what exactly you need rather than you have to spend all the effort, which is why people get frustrated because they're like, I need to do all of these things because there's a list of stuff they suddenly need to do because this is new. Well, yeah, but the coach has already done all that stuff, so they can help you through it. And that's the point.
1: I'm I in the email that I sent yesterday, I put a lovely little line: motivation isn't enough for action, because I don't believe it is. Motivation isn't enough. It's part of it, but it's not, I don't see it as enough. You can't just motivate yourself to do something, or well, you can, and it is for a very small, limited amount of time. To just get started and that is something that i think with what you were saying is exactly that it's like when there's too many things to go it's easy just to not start Mm -hmm. and and you have to be motivated the only motivation you need is to start and then everything takes like um i don't agree (laughs) oh cool go let's yay
0: the how how would you how would you obviously i'm going to use define but you don't have to put like actual terms for it how how would you express or define or explain motivation what does it mean to you
1: it's it's almost like drive it's that it's that push at the beginning it's it's like a push motivation is just that little it, it's an it's yeah, it's kind so, of
0: an so exertion
1: of effort.
0: So you don't think motivation is needed after the push?
1: That depends. That is dependent on the context. If it's something... Mm, I don't you, think you, it's you, enough on its own.
0: That's a different conversation. You've just said that motivation is energy to move forwards. Yes. So in order to not stay still, you need energy to move forwards, which is motivation.
1: Yes, simplified like hell, but yeah.
0: I'm I'm using the terms that you've used. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
0: my logic, my logic is that if you don't have motivation, what moves you forwards? Mm. Yes, you need motivation to start but you also need it to keep going. And I think that, to it again, me mm. looking from the outside in, I think that is a linear perspective of what motivation and action is. Mm. Motivation then action. I don't see it as linear. I see it non-linear. When people mm. say you need action, you need action before motivation or you need motivation before act. No, both. Motivation, yeah. motivation is action. I see Ooh. them coupled. Perception yeah. and action motivation and action motivation is doing the thing what triggers motivation is the same as what triggers action so i i see them as a, as a coupling as a non-linear process that goes throughout whatever it is that you're working with
1: yeah i see that and that's probably what i actually mean <laughs> <laughs> it normally is what i mean but yeah that makes sense
0: yeah yeah so following on with that logic then the motivation to get you started is going to be different from the motivation to keep you going (laughs) yes yes. yeah and that that's what i think you were getting at is the 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 initial motivation the initial boost to get you going is different because you need a different set of energy you need a different level of energy whatever that is however you define it however you measure it Uh, and for me that boost of energy if you do what in sport you'd call it a warm-up (laughs) Uh, or in music probably like a preparation or like a practice or something Uh, why can't we do that for all the tasks that we do why can't we do a warm up because a warm up by definition has less energy to start and if motivation and action are coupled and as motivation and action are coupled you move forwards and the energy decreases energy required decreases because you're generating your own energy why don't we do a warm up to start a task ooh I mean, I, I've I've asked and answered this question myself like five years ago, <laughs> um, but it's it's a question I ask myself. I'm like, why don't I do a warm up? And, and that's what I do now. That's what I do to keep to to start things. I give myself a warm up. What that warm up looks like will obviously be different on the task you're doing, and who you are, and how you perceive the actions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that that's how I get going. I do a warm up. It sounds odd because most people perceive a warm up as oh, I'm going to run around a field before I play football. You're like, no. No, that's not what I mean. Um, an example of a warm up for me is when I want to edit a video, I will watch a video. It sounds odd, but I will watch a video that I like the editing style of, or that I appreciate. And I'm like, oh yeah, and it gives me ideas about editing. I don't have to do those ideas, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was a good video. Yeah, I like that. So I will watch a number file or a Veritasium or whatever. So I've watched the video but it's also a Kickstarter motivation for action for me doing my own work. Um, That's one example that I use. I recognize that could be a distraction for some, but...
1: That's actually kind of what happened to me yesterday. Um, I received an email. I I needed to write an email. Um, I wanted to write an email for some content to go out because it's been a while. (laughs) Um, And so I actually read a different email from someone else and that provided that I suppose creatively inspiration but it was the warm-up it was the warm-up to get me to start and then I just couldn't stop because self-motivation and just kept going and going and going
0: and the way the way I see this is that that warm-up that kickstarter um it focuses your attention, your awareness in a specific area. So it adds constraints to your attention. And adding constraints to your attention, if you're familiar with ADHD, that is literally what the hyperfixation is supposedly doing. And if you think about what a warm up could be, a warm up could be anything that grabs your attention distraction. <laughs> so. So a warm-up starts the motivation, starts the action, which is why I think people with ADHD and attention I don't want to say issues because it's got bad connotations, but that's what I would describe it as, attentional struggles. If if the warm-up is in the middle, if you perceive a warm-up in the middle of action, that's a distraction. You go elsewhere. So the way I see that is you can use warm-ups to start your work, but they can also be used to push you elsewhere. So you need to be aware of what you perceive as a warm-up and try and avoid them and that's what I try and do if I know something is going to trigger my attention elsewhere I try and avoid them you could arbitrarily say oh that's my phone or that's my computer or that's this that and the other so avoid those what I would class as (laughs) warm-ups like like they're motivational Uh, warm-ups that's what I have in my head as as an analogy to help me um but yeah that's (laughs) very off. Off on one side. Yeah, right? we've just
1: we just completely gone that way again. When when do we not? Yeah. But yeah, that, yes. And this is this is the thing. As I am going through, and I receive more. I I hear what you're saying. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually a. Uh, that's what I do. We already do what we need to do to get things done. Self-organization. We just aren't aware of what we do to get things done. And so that awareness now has come into me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, cool. That allows me to make different decisions. And awareness is where it starts.
0: Yep. And circling all the way back, if we need awareness to start, we need to be able to conceptualize what's being spoken about, which means jargon reduces awareness.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Nice little circle there. Look at that. Wasn't
1: that beautiful? Wasn't that beautiful?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it is there anything else that uh you have on your mind? Because with Ali's not recent video, I think it was like two videos ago, three videos ago, you just spoke about all of his apps and I saw a Twitter response that I wanna briefly go over. Have you got anything else or <laughs> <laughs> um
1: uh J- I as my awareness has, has grown, just to finish off here, as my awareness has grown, my desire to find new apps has reduced. It is just to... not even, I, I don't like the word optimise, because it's not quite right for me, but it's allowed me to... When I see other apps, it was it's less about, oh, that's a fancy pants thing that looks cool and let me go play with it. It's more of a, how can I make that come into here? because I have something that works. There are little tiny niggles and it always will be because no app is perfect, but that's why you learn how to use.
0: <laughs> Non-linearity of the environment. Yes. The apps are perfect for the time that you're in and then as time yeah. develops, Things et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Quantum so... physics.
1: <laughs> Yay! Um, and I think that that there for me, Instead of starting with the app, I start with the me, with me and like what I have and where I'm looking, what I want to do, what I have and then the action, the decision that I'm going to take. And I think that there is fundamentally how to be productive and how to find simplicity is just awareness of you. and simplicity I'll say it every single time because we have been speaking about simple and simplistic and simplicity it's not less please stop it
0: that's where I want to go with this with this uh, this tweet that I saw so Ali obviously did a video like I say two three videos ago about his app stack basically using all the tools and a lot of the responses were just use Apple Notes or Why do you have so many apps? And I'm sitting there like, okay, Google Drive is completely different from a note-taking app. Todoist is completely different from a note-taking app. Obsidian is completely different from Apple Notes. (laughs) Like, all the apps that he spoke about in the video had completely different purposes and people wanted less apps. And I'm like, no, simplicity isn't less, as you've literally just said. It's, Using the tools that you need for the job. It's um,
1: simplicity is enough. Yep. That's what simplicity. Is. It's not mi- people use simplicity, simplicity, and simple and those words as kind of like a, I can't think of the word as another form of minimalism or minimal, but it's not. It never has been, and it still isn't. And we've lost the meaning of the word simplicity. And that is annoying because the minimalist movement, which has been marketed beautifully, mm-hmm. you know, has taken over and has replaced simplicity. But simplicity is not less. It is enough. It's, it's just enough. And that will change, obviously.
0: So that is a jargony term because simplicity, minimalism, essentialism, they're all very similar. Mm. How would you differentiate them through a conversation with someone without explicitly saying it
1: without specifically saying the words
0: so when when trying to communicate something across so saying about simplifying your app stack would mm-hmm. would you need to specify what simplicity means if so i
1: probably, I, I probably would yes.
0: If so, is the use of simplicity in the communication useful
1: in terms of understanding and what they perceive? Yes, I think so. Maybe not. Hmm. Good question.
0: Yeah, because um, obviously in jargon. We we're trying to avoid jargon and explain things in simple terms and plain language and if we're using things like minimalism essentialism simplicity there is a lot of jargon constraints and affordances that go on behind it with preconceived notions so if you use the term and add the explanation do you need the term to start with i think you can add the term afterwards after the explanation potentially um i'm thinking on the fly here but
1: yeah because my brain's like simplicity is enoughness <laughs> yeah but that, that's how it, that's how i view it it's
0: so i think when you explain when you explain to someone you 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 just need the apps that are enough for you i think someone will understand that if you say to someone you you need simplicity in your app stack i think that sounds more jargony mm. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's just it's a different way of saying the same thing i mean I, I just said them out loud and I don't think there was that much of a difference in a time span or anything, but there is, a, in the way I perceive it, I think there's a drastic difference in the complexity of each sentence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think very much. That's so interesting.
0: Mm. Just the, the way that you communicate things. I, I I try and do that with what I express in the videos and the video that I'm doing with this under, this life and understanding one. I have tried to simplify out as much jargon as possible, but because of the complexity of the of the explanation, you'd need to have an understanding or previous experience with systems theory to be able to understand the, the paper, um, which obviously adds limitations and constraints, but I'm trying to reduce the jargon as much as possible. Only neuronal packet, you say that, everyone goes, what? Yeah. um so but even saying that how i would simplify that is say it's a system well what's a system and then you get into system theory yeah but that's that's where i think the oversimplification of the term gets complicated that's true yeah because a system is more than that so I've simplified it using constraints led approach to coaching. I've 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 simplified the task as much as I can without reducing the complexity of the explanation. And so if I how,
1: to... so here, here's a question for you. Yeah. How would you explain systems?
0: I would I would explain systems separately from the paper yeah, as individual things would... itself. I I would explain a system because it's an abstract concept. It's not something Mm. you can tangibly use. I would use analogies, Mm -hmm. whatever analogy you want to have. Uh, The analogies I like using are things that are built because most people can relate to things that are built. So I would say a phone is a system and the parts of the phone is the parts of the system. Mm. The organization of the parts builds the system, builds the phone. The person that does the organization is the person, the machine, the instruction. But if the phone was living, it could organize the parts itself. Now you get a human, and now you get a human system with organs as parts. That, that's how I would try and use an, anal- use an analogy to explain a system. Um, and, and then you can then expand out to all the different elements, so chaos theory, complexity theory, et cetera, et cetera. But giving that story and that explanation wouldn't really suit the explanation inside the, the paper that I'm talking about, yeah. which is life and understanding of complexity. So uh, how, is...
1: how that that's an interesting point of like how far do you go? With because what? you can break concepts down and simplify you can make it enough you can enoughify <laughs>
0: Enough A of that. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. <laughs> so like. the my my approach comes from constraints-led approach to coaching. It's simplifying the task enough to get the response you're looking for, but not too much that it takes away the ecological validity, i.e., the representativeness of life. Um, if it doesn't represent what actually happens. Now you've gone too far. That's the way I would see it. How you measure that it is going to depend on what your goal, what your desired outcome is. Uh, so, inside the constraints led approach, if you're looking to get a specific response from someone, you will constrain the environment so much that the response emerges from them, i.e., they get their own explanation, they find their own solution for them. Then you reduce the constraints and then increase complexity or add complexity back into the environment. So with my analogy, I have constrained the environment of system theory and what it is to the analogy. As they then grasp that, I can then expand. With my paper explanation, I have already, I'm I'm starting at an expanded point of view, which means the preconceived explanation and organization of what system is needs to be there. So there are assumptions that needs to be there. And I think that needs to happen everywhere. Um, But the jargon that people use in whatever it is, if there isn't a simplification somewhere, then you're going to lose people, which is why I'm trying to put my research on, like, on YouTube as well. So if people do want to know the simplification, they can find it rather than having to go figure it out themselves. But simplification is only useful for those that want the simplification at the time, which is why a video simplifying a term that people aren't familiar with or can't relate to won't get loads of views. It's just the way it is.
1: Cool. That's really interesting, because that's one thing that has caught me. And what ended up happening is the oversimplification of systems, because Mm. people get that bit.
0: Mm.
1: But how to bring it further out, as I'm being more careful with how I talk and communicate with people, and being more intentional with that careful is probably the wrong word intentional with how i'm speaking that that was an interesting like catch of like hmm so how would i analogies are fun i like
0: analogies yeah i think the the reason analogies work for things that are quite abstract is because they are relatable people can grasp what it really means like the words that means um so if Like if we were to use systems theory explanation, there'll be terms in there that is also jargon, which means you'd need to explain the jargon, which is explaining jargon. (laughs) Obviously, it doesn't help very much. Uh, So using analogies or things people can relate to helps. Uh, Most people can relate to a phone and phone parts because they already have an understanding of it. But if I was explaining a system to a child, a phone would be useless because they wouldn't know what's in a part um, so I would ask them what's in a toy that they play with if they've broken something uh, or try and figure out what their preconceived notions understanding of a system is find a system in their world and explain it to them yeah cool yeah that's the constraints led approach to coaching sort of <laughs> I
1: love, I love that
0: sort of, yeah. Oversimplified to this con- context, beautiful. Yeah, right. I, I think that's a good place to uh, close it out. I have no idea what the time is. Oh, just gone eleven. I, I got football later, so I've I've got to eat. I've got to fuel up. Fuel. To stand, yeah, to stand in goal and shout at people. Yay. <laughs> yep. Right. We still don't have a, an outro, so. Um... Bye. Bye.